Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have this evening liturgically completed a Lenten day, which is why when you came into the church, we had a few of the analogies, not all of them, uh, shrouded in purple, new coverings for this Lenten season. And the beginning of the service, we had Lenten ninth hour, and then the tones we heard, and you're already starting to feel, or my memory starts to go back to various pre-sanctifieds and Lent in the past, some of poignant times of deep sorrow, but not the kind of sorrow you know, the, the kind of godly sorrow, just there's something about the Lenten season and the, the atmosphere of the church and the education that the church provides for us uh, as stubborn and as distant so many times we can be from the wisdom of the church. We see the wisdom in the church already, you know, weaning us off the meat a little bit ahead of time, so now we're enjoying the dairy. And then we have a Lenten day, Wednesday, liturgically. We have done matins this morning. would have been Lenten matins. And then Friday was also a liturgically a Lenten time because we know that it's coming. And so we do it a little bit at a time. Lent has always been, in the history of the church, a time of education outside of the time of uh, repentance, that education for a Christian, of course, is completely bound up with repentance. But the origins of Lent go back to early catechumenate and the teaching and, I would say, training of catechumens into the life of the church. And the early church, I mean, the second, third century, in the fourth century, they were still trying as much as they could. Um, but there was, there, that was back when the catechumenate was two, three years long. Uh, not as common in our time now, although there are often catechumenates that last a year, and I've heard of catechumenates lasting a long time. Usually that has to do with just not being ready to enter into the church and just taking their time, which is fine. But the early church, the catechumenate, was a time of actually, maybe the word, proving that you're actually living the Christian life because your sponsor was somebody who would have to actually vouch for you and say, this person is upstanding. Nobody in the community has anything to say badly about this person. They have put away their drunken revelries. They have, do not visit the temple anymore. They do not um, maybe extort people for money or cheat people. There was a real educative process. And if you weren't heading in that direction, or having put those things behind you, the church would not baptize you and bring you into the church. They would say, you still have some repenting to do. We can hear this, the remnants of this, of course, of Lent as the time of catechesis and education for catechumens, and also in solidarity of the whole church, right? Because as you can already tell, the sponsor has an investment in this godfather, this godmother, this 
has an investment in the catechumen to teach them, but also to grow in relationship so that when the real challenges come, they are invested in the community. They know somebody intimately. And so we see remnants of this liturgically for us, because as we get about halfway through, you'll hear in the pre-sanctified liturgy, in addition of a new litany, where we start talking about the illumination of the catechumens, those who are preparing for illumination. And Pascha, Holy Saturday, was the historic day of when all the catechumens would be baptized. And it's a we on Holy Saturday. Mark, what are we sing on Holy Saturday for the instead of the Shasarium? As many as have been baptized. Oh. Right? Just that, sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> there's a lot of there's the there's a lot of mechanics even going into this evening trying to make sure that the service fit together because you, there's just a lot of little things changed. So you get to Holy Saturday just as in Theophany we have as many of them baptized. You we come to Holy Saturday at Pascha and it was the great day of baptism. In the early church, uh, well in the contemporary church, there have been many who have shifted over to Lazarus Saturday. I was baptized on Lazarus Saturday. I think a lot of it has to do with most parishes can't handle liturgically, trying to do all of Holy Week and then Holy Saturday, have 15 readings, and then trying to also baptize a whole bunch. There are churches that will do six hours on Holy Saturday. Um, but this is all an education and a process for us and the wisdom of the church. And it's hard sometimes because we're so used to directing ourselves spiritually. Even little things like fasting, we, we don't, even after we've done it for years, sometimes we just think there's no real wisdom of this or what's the point of this. And there are times where I have actually experienced the wisdom of fasting. It's usually actually when I increase my prayer <laughs> and do all the other things that I'm actually supposed to do instead of just trying to monitor a little bit of what I'm eating and failing at that from time to time as well. So I encourage all of us as much as possible to embrace the wisdom of the church, the wisdom and the educative process for all those who have been Orthodox, maybe since we were babies and don't even remember the water and the chrism, or to those of us who came as adults, or to those of us who are preparing for holy illumination, chrismation, at the end of this season, or close to the end of the season, that we allow the wisdom of the church to shape us, to guide us, to submit ourselves to it, maybe not knowing or fully understanding every little aspect of it, but that there is something to learn, there is something to gain in embracing the depth and the wisdom of the church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.